Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. You can tell that the seasons are definitely changing when you are supposed to be in the middle of winter and you're outside in a t-shirt and layering on the sunblock. It's just unnatural. The flowering cherries are in full flower and have been for what I want to say the last two weeks. The bees are out and I've been so busy that I have still not been able to get out there with the camera and start doing some spring videos for my social media I really could do with a decent break and just get back into my garden. I've already done all the gardens with regards to the weeding and the spring prep and the only thing I've still got to do is prune my plum tree, which I have still been procrastinating from doing and I know I've got to do it, but for some reason I just can't bring myself to chopping it. It's basically the only bit of vegetation that is currently tall enough to block out the neighbours. I really don't want to see what they do in their bathroom and having my plum tree there has been amazing but you don't want to know what my neighbours get up to so I'm going to get straight into today's episode. I'm not sure how long this one's going to be. I'm going to be fairly concise and straight to the point hopefully without too much waffle. I was asked the other day, which has inspired this particular podcast episode, some questions around garden events. In New Zealand in particular, we're an outdoor kind of country and we have some beautiful spaces that are often used for outdoor events, but with COVID and with the weather we've been having, it's put a real dampener on having outdoor events and as events are normally planned months in advance, especially weddings with huge costs involved, it is important to have a plan Garden locations for events are often thought to be a cheaper and easier alternative to the traditional hire an event location. Sadly, this isn't always the case. The financial costs can often escalate because the gardens need to be updated, made safe and the decorations for the event can often blow the budget out of proportion. This episode covers a number of event preparations that need to be considered and planned for when having an outdoor garden event. Hopefully this helps you and keep your budgets and your gardening stress levels down. The New Zealand weather is very unpredictable. In the last year we have seen nearly seven months worth of rain and now we have a friggin drought in winter. Well that's what it feels like. I've been watering my vegetable seedlings for the last two weeks which is absolutely ridiculous I never, or I barely watered in summer, and now I'm watering, watering consistently in winter. It's it's just odd. My pot plants that I'm normally raising up to stop them from sitting in their sodden sources and getting root rot are literally having their sources filled with water to try and keep them alive. And I've just had a look at the weather forecast, and we literally have no rain for another week, plus, you know, a few extra days. So it's going to be interesting to see what our spring is going to look like. Some are predicting a dry summer which I know is really terrible for crops and things but boy I could really do with some genuine sunshine and not months of nasty horrible wet well everything. So once upon a time I had my dream wedding at the Hamilton Rose Gardens. Yes it was my first marriage and it cost me a fortune and it taught me a lot of what not to do for my second wedding and it is too easy to enjoy the comforts of the registry office. Not that I ever saw my first wedding 
well, my first marriage for that fail, but no matter. Gardens are not just for weddings. There are a number of events that you can hold in your garden, such as barbecue, family events, birthdays, funerals, you name it. It is really up to your imagination as to what certain spaces can be used for what, you know, we have. And we have a fantastic community environment here in the Tapuna Quarry, for example, where there is a garden terraced section where they hold concerts and community theatre. The acoustics are just magnificent, all surrounded by nature and again, dictated by the weather. And although organising an outdoor garden event is an excellent way to enjoy nature and celebrate important moments with friends and family, there are many important event preparations that do need to occur, considered and planned for to ensure that the event runs smoothly and safely. In this episode, I'm going to cover a number of those crucial preparations that should be taken into consideration for an outdoor garden event that hopefully will be helpful to you if you ever do decide to plan a garden event. Now, the first one is a no-brainer, and that is looking at the location that the event would be potentially held. Choosing the right location is essential. Make sure the site is spacious and has adequate seating for all your garden guests, but more importantly, it is also easy to access. And what I mean with that is you want your garden event to be somewhere that people can easily walk to. So if you're having a garden wedding, no doubt there is going to be people there that will be wearing high heels unless of course you are very specific on the invitations to the event of the type of footwear your guests will require assume that people will be wearing unsuitable footwear for the experience in nature so at the location make sure that there are at least paved pathways not gravel because the gravel will destroy high heels and have a salad sorry a salad have a solid platform or pavers towards the amenities and obviously where the reception is being held. In some situations, I've seen sheets of plywood laid over grass to accommodate footwear. When I got married in the Hamilton Rose Gardens, it was in summer, so the lawns were particularly easy to walk on, but we still had a number of casualties when it came to people's high heels because they still sunk into the ground and it wasn't a very pleasant experience to have people's shoes wrecked. Don't be fooled into thinking that just because you're potentially the bride and you are the one paying for the wedding that your guests aren't spending potentially big dollars on their clothing. Since everybody wants to look good for a wedding, shoes could potentially be a big outlier. I remember for my first wedding all I wanted to do was get married in my steel caps. My folks just about heart attack when I mentioned it to them. I'm not a fan of high heels. I never have been and I don't think I ever will be. Give me a pair of steel caps or gumboots any day. Now that we've covered location let's address weather. Not particularly one of my favourite topics, but research the weather in the location you're planning to use for the event and have a backup. Whether this is a marquee or an indoor hall area or an undercover area, I've heard and seen of some seriously big events becoming an absolute washout or windblown disaster because they don't have a plan B. Also, if your guests know that there is going to be a dry environment available, then they are less likely to cancel attending on you, know, on you especially if there's going to be a few days of rain in the forecast or a particularly nasty cold snap coming through. Plan for heaters or even have a stack of garden blankets that your guests can have over their knees to keep them warm if you are determined to still have it outside and the temperatures start getting a bit cold. Or even ask your guests to bring their own. 
Most people will be quite happy to rug up if they know about it in advance. Weather has to be one of the most important aspects to planning for your outdoor event and having a plan B in place is super, super important. The next, and that is really important to be prepared for is for as part of your garden event preparations, is knowing your guest numbers. Determine how many guests will be attending the event and ensure that there is enough space to accommodate your guests. If you only have a small garden, the last thing you want to do is cram 100 plus people into it. So make sure you know your guest list almost in advance to picking your outdoor event space. Something that I have been encouraging my clients in the past is to have either a messenger community set up for the garden event where you can post notifications as to need to knows, such as the weather prior to the event happening. This can be a temporary Facebook page, messenger, even a texting list. <clears throat> the last the last one can be a little bit more complicated, but I have seen it work quite successfully. This way, there is no confusion as to what's happening on the day itself, and if there is any last-minute changes, everyone can be made aware of them and the event can still run smoothly, rather than having somebody standing at a gate having to point everybody in the new direction or sticking a cancelled sign at the event site and everybody's driven for hours potentially to get there, but no way of communicating that the event has been cancelled due to weather. Make sure you highlight this form of communications on your event invitations okay now this next one is one of the fun things about garden events and that is the decorations the beauty of a garden event is that you already have a beautiful setting in nature which requires very little tarting up especially if you say again wedding yes a lot of work goes into the upkeep and maintenance of the garden and obviously if there are specific plants that you want to be flowering at that particular event time then yes it will take uh, require lots of future planning but in normal situations it is setting up a day before and breaking down the day after with with minimal costs and having to spend on decorations but if you do decide to add decorations to the garden setting then it is very important to choose appropriate decorations that will not only enhance the area but also be weatherproof when I say weatherproof I'm not just talking about hanging up a paper poster and it rains and it gets wet and turns into a puddle of paper mache I'm also talking about decorations being weighed down if it's windy and having decorations that if it's a little bit cold don't get frosted and die or dehydrate from lack of water or burnt from sunburn or windburn but if you don't want anything too clunky either so this is where the planning comes in and understanding your location and the environment itself and again checking the weather. Another important aspect of a garden event is the type of food and drinks that you will be providing. Just remember in certain areas if you're providing foods that are high in sugar and smell particularly sweet you may attract the local bee population or a heap of flies. I have seen events completely destroyed because of flies and truthfully sand flies these are basically little flying dentures that will gobble, gobble up anybody with unsuspecting exposed skin and at the night at the night's end you have been a feast for these little horrors so again on the invitation make sure if needed tell them to bring insect repellent your caterers for the event in most instances would have done their homework and have fly covers or if it is a particularly windy setting then glassware may be plastic instead of beautiful crystal again it pays to do your homework around what is appropriate in that event space now 
the next preparation that is super important and that is obviously seating arrangements. There is nothing worse than if you have fold-out seats in a grass environment that a guest sits down and sinks directly into the soil. It makes for an uncomfortable ceremony and it can damage the seats if you've hired them and can be costly in your bond money. So again, it pays to, when organising your location, to make sure you have a platform area or a paved cobbled area set aside for the ceremonies or speeches or anything like that. Remember your guest comfort. The next is lighting arrangements. In a garden event, there are some amazing solar-powered lights available that can stay on for hours. There is nothing worse than having a garden event without proper lighting. If it is oh, excuse me, an evening event and people tripping over wires and extension cords, just isn't much fun. So do your homework. Often there are a number of entertainment and event Hire businesses that can provide you with these particular lights. Also keep in mind that having lighting in a garden event can attract mosquitoes and other insects at night that might not be so desirable for your guests. So keep the lights high enough to keep a bit of a boundary between them and the guests. Here's one that often um, that's often overlooked when preparing for a garden event and that is the restrooms. Now if you have 30 or 40 people, you might be able to get away with two toilets, but if you are in a situation where you're having a full garden wedding with 100 plus guests, then that is not going to be sufficient. Again, do your homework, find out what the facilities are at your local event place, and if you're having it at home, then it might pay to budget in some port for the day. These aren't terribly expensive, and some of them are even on trailers that are easy enough to manoeuvre in and out of the garden environment. Also, make sure you have plenty of running water so people can wash their hands and towels for drying them. I've been to a number of events where, sure, there are toilets and water to wash hands, but no towels or paper towels even. And drying your hands on a nice, you know, on your nice Sunday best clothes, that isn't fun. Okay, now, this next event preparation I should have included in location and that is to ensure that you plan for adequate parking for your guests. These days a lot of people travel independently to an event which means that it's not like the old days where a whole family of five people for example would cram into one car instead now they're looking at potentially three cars for that same family. So making sure that you have got good parking for your guests for the event will save a lot of stress and potentially time for people walking to and from the event and if you are the host and you're in a hurry to get there make sure you have a parking spot set aside for you that nobody else can access as part of your planning prep trust me it will save a massive headache it is also important to keep in mind again that the environment it is especially um, the case here in New Zealand then for example, if you, you have to let your guests know, if it requires four-wheel driving to get to this particular event site, it is no good getting bogged down in mud in, in a two-wheel drive vehicle. Again, something to think about when putting together your invite. This is where you may have to plan in some additional resources to get your guests from a safe parking place to the event. A classic example of how well this works is the New Zealand, in New Zealand is the agricultural industry event uh, called the Mystery Creek Field Days. This is a massive outdoor event and happens over a four-day period. The farm paddocks around the event are used as public parking and with nearly 
100,000 plus people attending the event. You can imagine how far a number of people would have to walk to actually get to the event itself. So the event organisers make sure that there are buses ferrying people from car parks to the event entrance. Although it's common knowledge to wear sturdy footwear to the field days, not everybody wants to be slipping and sliding in, in the mud just to get to the event. There is something, <clears throat> this is something that they've mastered over the many years and this event is absolutely massively popular. Another garden event prep item that is really important to think about is if your event is going to have music. This is important around location, weather and access to power if you are having electronic equipment in your garden setting. Having electric cables around a garden environment can be tricky and may require some creative thinking when prepping for the event itself. Getting the gardens ready to the event requires a lot of work and it's often underestimated regarding the time and cost involved getting the garden environment to its optimum. So before you offer your garden setting as somebody's wedding spot or whatever spot, genuinely look at what it is that you may have to do to one, make it safe for multiple people, two, make it easily accessible and three, making it easy to set up and break down if there is event equipment being moved around such as seating tables and potentially decorations keeping the environment clean and well maintained before the event look it's just not a five minute job safety is such a priority for the event and all aspects of guest safety needs to be covered so it really does pay to have a plan in place this could include first aid kits in an area where if somebody does have an incident can go to get care also knowing that there is somebody at the event that can look after any issues that may arise. So in any event, generally there's a photographer or people liking to take their own photography. In this case, you need areas that are photography friendly. This again can take some time setting up when you're first getting the garden ready for this event. And this may have areas where a number of people gather at any one time. So making sure the area is safe and easy to access becomes a prep priority. People do some silly things to obtain that perfect photo, especially in a garden environment so if you have special rose gardens that you don't want people to walk through put signage up or even at the beginning of the event have an induction to highlight the areas where guests are just not allowed to go okay so we've covered quite a number of garden event preps that are really important and needs to be considered and planned for when having an outdoor event but one that is very much overlooked when preparing and planning for an event and that is event cleanup. This requires rubbish bins, time and effort. So the only advice I can give you with regards to cleaning up after a garden, garden event has occurred is make sure you've covered all your bases. It can take just as long to disestablish a garden event as it can take to establish a garden event. All of these preparations as I've mentioned before are crucial for the success and enjoyment of any outdoor garden event and they do need help to ensure that guests are comfortable safe and entertained throughout the event and very with very careful planning and consideration your outdoor garden event can be a memorable experience for everyone involved I've been to so many garden events and there's always something that can go wrong most of the time, it is the weather that causes the most stress, but then there's also the cost that can blow completely out of proportion. Most people assume that having a garden wedding can be a cheaper option than having to hire an event space or having a church wedding. But with the additional maintenance and upkeep and time spent, 
in getting the gardens ready and beautiful and the amount of stress that can often occur for those that have offered the garden space for their wedding, it can get very, very costly. And all I can do is genuinely say, if you're considering an outdoor event, do your homework and possibly look at hiring an outdoor event area that specifically caters for that type of event. Don't try and take on the space yourself. You know, spend that little bit of extra cash and remove yourself from having to do all of that work yourself. A number of these event places already have the facilities to cater for your guests, parking, a plan B, and all that entails. Generally, there are already paved areas. They will not destroy people's footwear or have seats that sink into the soil. But most importantly, it is important to remember that any event has costs associated with and potential risks. I know that out of the two weddings that I've had in my lifetime, I think the one I enjoyed the most was very much my second wedding where we had the formalities in a courthouse, the photos in botanical gardens and the reception at a restaurant with an all-you-can-eat buffet at a set price. It was easy, it was clean, it was catered for, the number of guests we had without any issues. Yes, it involved a little bit of driving around and a little bit of planning, but the amount of effort it took was minimal. We still had beautiful photos taken in a stunning gardening environment but best of all people's clothes were not ruined car parking was easy and the costs were minimal I hope this particular episode I know it was a little bit different than normal was helpful garden events can be tricky and hopefully these prep tips will help you give some clarity into the planning if you do have any gardening questions please do reach out I'm going to keep compiling a list and every now and again I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions now every week I've mentioned this and don't be shy let me know if you're needing some private coaching no matter what level from beginner to experience reach out and let's chat I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available sometimes it really is easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set flick me a dm or email me and let's check to see how we can work together my contact details always are in the show notes don't forget to email or dm me for any one-on-one or any of my gardening freebies as always i say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget have an incredibly abundant week and i'll buzz you later bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business. Let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.